Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Julius Geis. Julius is a German branding expert with over 16 years of professional experience. He currently lives in Hawaii, where he found his personal and professional reinvention. Throughout his career, Julius has worked with important companies such as Microsoft and Sony Music, among others. His journey has led him to create a new branding methodology called Identity Built Branding. This methodology can be used by businesses of any size and goes beyond just their image. Welcome to the podcast, Julius. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Now we're going to be you know, talking about branding, and um, I would really like to start. I'm curious about how you think branding has changed over the last 15 or so years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think branding changed because we all changed. Uh, people changed, our society changed, the world changed. So w- with that context, um, brands and the, the definition of what a brand is and the function a brand has in that, uh, in that social context um, changed, um, changed in, the same, in the same matter, in my opinion. So, um, you know, branding used to be Branding really used to be an extension of a product, right? So when we go back in the days, there's a really good book I like from Naomi Klein uh, called No Logo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, where she describes uh, the the yeah the 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 rise of of the concept of branding within the United States and where where companies basically try to differentiate themselves to a different visual, to a branding on the packaging. I think she describes, describes it with flour that, you know, we used to go in the grocery stores and there were all kinds of different flowers. So basically you had one type of flowers, you put it in your bag and then that was the flower. But then over time they find out, well, you know, maybe there are different flower types and there are different markets. So how do we differentiate ourselves on the shelf? So we, we just basically print something on the package. So maybe a colored person can pick a different package than a white person. And so it, it, branding really was, uh, was just a, yeah, an image at this time and, and to, to help people make different choices. I think over the time and over the centuries, branding really became a philosophy. It included uh, psychology. We have things like neuromarketing. So how is the brain reacting to different things? We have sonic branding, which is the, the audible impact um, um, vibrations have on making choices. So it always was about somehow the consumer and brand relationship and to, to kind of like help people make a choice and to how to influence that choice. But I would say today that what I said, influencing the choice where it 
used to be much more manipulative, sorry for using that harsh word, I think today becomes more, um, needs to be more authentic, it needs to be more humble, it needs to be more real. And, and that's why I believe a new form of branding um, will be formed in the future. Okay, so um, I appreciate that. And, and that was going to be my next question. What is the future of branding? So, so what do you think that looks like moving forward? Well, to me, it's clear for, for me, that's, it's, I mean, it's just my personal opinion and maybe we can, we can take that rabbit out of the hole right in the beginning. There is no a definition of what a brand or what branding is. Um, if, you, if you go into a room and ask 25 executives what a brand is, you will get 25 different opinions. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that is just one of the biggest problems that I see in that field in the first place. If you talk with medical staff and you, you, you say, you know, I'm having a liver issue, everyone understands what the liver is, it's an organ and where it's placed. If you go into that into our field of brand and marketing and you say, hey, I'm having a branding issue, you get completely different context of what that could mean. Some people think you're talking about a logo. Other people think you talk about, um, the, like I said, the, the neuro impact of your messaging. The other are talking about storytelling. So to me, it's, it's really an, a holistic discipline that at its core is there to build relationships and to be able to build relationships. That to me is the foundation of branding. And that to me is the future of branding where, as I mentioned earlier, brands were built to create messages that were, you know, many times manipulating people's brains to make a choice. So basically we would, we would give them something they like to hear so that they become something better that they are today. Today's branding approach um, is much more authentic. So it has to come from a place of honesty and a place of real, realness, I wanna say, mm. to really be able then to connect with consumers um, on, a, on a heart to heart level. That's the best way I can describe it. And I believe that is the future because people questioning it much more, they don't accept um, phrases anymore. They dig deeper. I mean, they, they really look into what a brand really is standing for. Are they true to their values? Are they actually following their sustainable strategies or are they doing greenwashing? So there's much, much more interest from a consumer perspective of what that brand and that product is and does. So to be able to navigate through that new territory of consumer brand relationships, brand, uh, to me, brand, the, the future of branding is in that context of being able, understanding who you are as a company. That's why I call it identity build. And then having an awareness of that identity to build an authentic relationship built on trust with consumers. I see. Okay. Sense. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I really appreciate this. This makes a lot of sense to me. So how does identity built branding work? Identity built branding works with first starting with different questions. So usually if you go into a branding process, um, a company, let, let's say, Let's 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 use a rebranding as a as a as an example. So if if we work on a rebranding with a company, 
usually a company is rebranding because there is a sense of lack, a sense of lack, for example, because my revenue goes down or the interest in a product goes down or somehow my engagement when consumers goes down. So there's some sense of lack because if there's no lack, usually a company doesn't change anything. I always like to compare that with, uh, with humans. If, if you don't feel any back pain, you usually don't go to a chiropractic or, or, or scheduling yourself a massage. So somehow humans need pain to be able to address change. That's somehow, I feel, in my experience, that's some sort of a principle. So going back to branding, we, we experience a sense of lack. If we experience a sense of lack, for example, my revenue goes down, the logic principle, um, classical branding approaches or any kind of consultation is using is we're looking at the market. So we're looking outside, so to say, at the market and identify why is the revenue going down? Um, is the interest changed? So is our product not up to date anymore? Are there more competitors out there? Is our pricing not right? So we're looking at a variety of different um, characteristics that might influence the result that our revenue goes down. With identity build branding, we start with different questions. We start with the question of who are we? Trying to identify if that reason of existing, which we like to call the founder spirit. So the reason why we built and founded the company in the first place, which then resulted into a product creation, how that spirit is connected with our current culture. And you can also use maybe the, uh, the human body experience to, to exemplify that. I, I mentioned back pain and, and, and scheduling a massage. Same, same thing, right? If I, if I have back pain, I now can have a massage, which would be the outside solution. Or so basically you're rubbing the knot and then the pain hopefully goes away. Or I'm looking deeper, where is that associated with? What's the cause of having that pain in the first place? And many times in the human body, it's a completely different part of the body that is associated with that pain. And I experienced a same concept within companies that mm -hmm. many times it's not the market, it's actually a disconnect that is rather intrinsic that it is extrinsic. So that's where we start with identity build branding. We, we, gonna be, we start with, these, with the core foundation to re-identify who we are as a company, what is our identity. We're building a sense of identity awareness, a culture around that. And somehow in our experience, something magical happens that that change in, of intrinsic awareness and, and inner, inner work, so to say, creates outside solutions. So for example, you suddenly attract new customers. You're finding different verbiage, that a different story that, that, that comes across very authentic and, and suddenly new customers or existing customers come back to, to, uh, to buy that product. Or we identify that the product is really not up to date anymore, but not because the market don't like it, rather because the company itself actually is not really um, supporting that product anymore in the way it used to be. So identity build, build branding really just changes the perception of how to, to take on the work that is needed when we, when, when, when we 
when we uh, talk about branding and when we talk about solving a problem, etc. Boy, it makes so much sense when you talk about it. I can see why that um, would work, but I'm wondering if, <clears throat> is that a difficult thing for a company to do? It, it, the, the most difficult thing is to, to get, to, get um, to let go of, of our preconceptional ideas of what a brand is and how we should solve problems. Yeah. Because it's easier, you know, again, I, I always like to compare with the human experience. It's so much easier to blame somebody else yeah. than to look at yourself and say, what can I do to change that situation? We just love to say it's his fault. It's yeah. the party's <laughs> fault. It's my neighbor's fault. Whoever's fault it is, it's just easier. And the same goes with companies. It's just so much easier to blame the market or whatever financial crisis they're out or the consumer or that we have a digital transformation right now. You know, we, there are like thousands of causes that we can identify that have nothing to do with us. But, you know, those companies who are willing to change their perception truly have a, a, a huge opportunity out there because using identity build branding within a market and a, and, a, and a world right now that is changing big times. I mean, in my opinion, we literally are in one of the biggest transformations since the first industrial revolution. So the whole concept of what a business, what's the, what's the purpose of a business itself um, is changing. So having something that is connected with, you, with your inside strength is so much more reliable then, you know, let's say focusing on, on outside solutions, because in a changing market and society, where's your point of orientation? Everything is changing. All the, all the rules and, and, and the paradigmas we had that we could use to orient ourselves are changing. So I always tell companies, you know, I rather, I rather, I rather go inwards. I rather make sure that we have a strong culture as as company that we are mm -hmm. true and authentic in what we are doing because even you know it might change our business model we might you know slower down we might um, um, even um, decrease in size but that has nothing to do with success it's just different as long as we continue to operate and as long as we can contribute to this world I think every brand is valuable yeah, I, I do too. That's Whether you're a seasoned designer or a total novice, with Visme, you can create engaging, dynamic, branded content that makes people ask, how did you do that? Visit tinyurl.com slash seasevisme to explore. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, Grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. What is purpose-driven branding and, you know, I guess... Well, first, what, what is it? 
Well, purpose-driven branding is, is, is just an element of what we have included in identity build branding, but purpose-driven branding is, is definitely something that is very hip right now. And I guess it started with Simon Sinek's uh, book, Start with the Why, and the why is basically the purpose. So mm -hmm. why, why are you in business? So what is, the, uh, what is that cause that made you, made you create a product in the first place? What is that that made you want to become a service brand in the first place? So the purpose is usually associated with more than any market relevant topics it, it's something that people can connect on a on a value on on a on a characteristic right so we both dream about a sustainable world let's say that would be our our purpose so it, it allows me to go beyond what we act what we are doing and connect with something bigger and why that works so good right now is because people are changing if you look at millennials if you look at the, the talent war that is out there globally i mean people have no idea about the global talent war that we have and questions just change i just talked with somebody yesterday from hr and she was saying you know it used to be like that that i would ask questions and they would answer Today, talents ask me the questions <laughs> and I have to answer. So they're actually interviewing me and right. I'm not interviewing them. Yeah. And that is related with purpose. People mm. not, are just not interested anymore in just the, the financial element. And, and there's plenty of proof about that. They want to work for something that co-delivers them a sense of purpose whether or not it is because they have no purpose or they still figuring out their purpose themselves or they, you know it makes them feel better it's just very important to them so that to me is purpose-driven branding so basically mm -hmm. you create a messaging and an identity around something that is bigger than just the product and back in the days the brand was more or less the product to simplify it the, the difference between purpose-driven branding and identity-built branding is that the question again, who is defining the purpose? So if you, if you be in that purpose-driven world, the question to me is always great. So now you define a purpose, but who did define the purpose? If you didn't define your identity, which is the foundation of building purpose, Purpose is a, is a phrase and is interexchangeable like all the other things as well in the world of branding, meaning they can create the same inauthenticity as before. And that's where why hmm. we or I created identity build branding is because these elements of layerings always come from that place of understanding and awareness of who we are as a company. Why are we existing? Why did we found that? What kind of personality are we? Like when we build these strategies, we create identity dashboards, you know, that give you an, an like, it's kind of like a persona that you create that really makes sure that, that we, we, we humanize the collective experience within an, within an organization. And that humanized experience, which I call identity, then creates the definition of purpose. And that it itself has more authenticity because it comes from that what is already existing. So that identity, 
versus someone just writes it down. And that is only one person that has nothing to do with the rest of the organization. And so that's how, how I mm. see purpose-driven branding. I think it's a good thing. I just think it's too short-sighted. So I, I, I wish that there would be, we would include more context to that, to that, uh, to that work. But I mean, overall, I'm happy that, that companies now are open to even talk about and think about something like purpose. And if I add one last sentence, and I know I'm, 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 I'm talking about it, the, the um, purpose-driven branding or, or identity build branding doesn't exclude profitability. That, that is a misconcept. So our goal is still to be, to be successful within market parameters. So uh, I just want to want to take that um, away as well. So we still want to be be a profitable business. If we are a, if we are not an NGO, then we still want to become profitable in what we're doing. It's just that the mechanism of the market and how we build relationships with consumers changed. So our whole concept of identification and building relationship has to change as well. Yeah, I, I, I think this is really valuable. And, and what I'm hearing is that purpose-driven is okay, but it has to come from inside the company, not like finding a purpose for the sake of having a purpose. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And, wow. and, and to your point too, right? So because it is in, in, in all medias right now, what happens is that, you know, and, and, and I know you have a lot of small businesses and mid-sized businesses as an audience. So yeah. we hear that and then we think, well, okay, let's just write a, a beautiful sentence that is yeah. holistic, right. but that's not what it is. So yeah. branding and these, these purpose-driven or identity-driven philosophies only work if you in the same time um, make sure that your company culture and your day-to-day -day activity is in alignment with these sentences and these, uh, these uh, intellectual ideas as, such as purpose or identity. If you don't do that, so if you just write it down on paper and put yourself a sticker on the back wall that might look good, but it will not create the effect that you're looking for. Right, right, that's right. It's like when a, a company creates a mission statement and they put it up on the wall in the break room and they never talk about it and they don't, connect anything to it correct it, right it really isn't the mission it, it's yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's senseless and it's also very yeah. frustrating for your employees um, right. something i experience a lot in, in 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 branding right is we are we're doing that and the, the the strategy is actually the easiest i mean everybody can write down beautiful sentences and and wishful thinking <laughs> uh the challenge is to 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 make it a reality the challenge is to 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 make it your compass and to commit to it so yeah. when you have to make a decision as a as a as an owner as a leader for example do i purchase i'm just making a random sure. example do i purchase uh, the 100 percent post-consumer recycled office paper or do i buy the regular paper which costs 70 percent less if my mission statement is i do everything necessary to, to protect the environment then I have to buy the, the, the more expensive paper or even better, I have to get paperless. So I have to adapt to these mission statements. But the reality still shows that many companies just love to write it on paper 
they use it in marketing when it serves them to attract customers. Right. But they neglect it when it comes to the point of making a hard decision, which costs you, for example, more money. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and living it that way literally just disconnects you to your internal relationships, like I said, the employees, but it also will disconnect to the consumer because consumer dig deeper today. They know when you, like, when you, when you just say that and then in your behind the scenes, you, you're having different practices, they know it. And then they're going to, you know, what we call cancel culture, then they're going right. to choose a different brand. Right, right. You can't get away with it. You have to be authentic and genuine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's fascinating. Hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, Julius, I, I really appreciate this. This really is um, a great topic, you know, that, that really needs to be discussed more. Um, will you, so I, you know, appreciate you joining me to, to share. Um, and will you let the listeners know how they can find you and, and, you know, anything you have going on that you feel they should know? Yeah, um, I, we have three different websites. The first is identitybuildbranding.com, uh, which is a, a great summary of how identity build branding works, who is it for, what, ki- like what kind of situations does it apply, and, and even how much it costs. So we, we, we are fully transparent to, to give people an idea. And for those listeners who may are service brands, agencies, freelancers, etc., we also collaborate with agencies. So our my vision is that identity build branding becomes an let's say an open source model that we all can contribute, we all can use it. Um, it's it's free. All the content that we are providing is free to use. So if it helps you building better brands, um, please use it. And the same goes for business owners. If that inspires you, use it for your internal work. Um, if you want to work with us or others, um, yeah, we are, we're happy to do so. Um, the other website we have is um, aina.studio. That is our consulting group where we actually execute these kind of projects. And for those who want to like, read a bit more about me, uh, I have a personal website that is juliusgeist.com. I, I would say that's it. Three websites. That's good. And maybe one last thing, because that is important to me, especially with, with your audience, identity build branding or other, other branding concepts. And even if it's just inspiring to, to think about it, what can I do without, without any money, which is building a company from the inside out. It is for small businesses as well as it is for corporations. And I yeah. actually say it's easier for smaller businesses than it is with a corporate structure that is led by, by C-level executives and a board and has no association anymore with the founding spirit. So mm. it, it is actually a true opportunity for small and mid-sized businesses, for private owned businesses, for generation businesses to equip themselves for um, a future because change is coming and it's already on the way. We all have to figure out how our business is, let's use the word competing in the future. And I truly believe any future strategy has to come from a place of identity. So if I don't know who I am and where I'm at, I can't build any future related strategies. 
And that, that kind of exercise is, can be done by everybody. And, and I really want to encourage, um, again, also small size businesses to, to do it and to maybe read some books and papers, whatever, but, but just, just be confident that you have a place in that world as well as a small business. And you can be a strong brand as well as a small business. That's great. Thank you for that. that that's really valuable. Um, and I think it answers that question. Okay, but, um, you know, as a small business, you know, can I do it? Is it relevant? And I agree with you. I think it's easier when you're a small business because there aren't as many layers to go through to actually, yeah. you know, excuse me, <clears throat> get something done. So. And the influence is today and right so if you of course if you be a, if you be a company traded in the stock market there are there are influences that 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 have short-term interest versus mid or long-term interest and usually right. private owned companies they are always built to be there for the long run so that is a, a, a huge opportunity in the in the context of identity build branding doesn't mean it doesn't work for um you know, traded corporations as yeah. well, because right. they also have products that need to be associated with customers. But just from a from a um, from an acceptance point of view, I think it's actually yeah. As to your point, it's easier for small and mid-sized business than it is for traded companies. Right, right. There's just less red tape and you know yeah. fewer layers. So yeah, it's great. Well, Julius, again, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing this information. And yeah, uh, absolutely. And listeners, thank you. Um, once again, another great content rich uh, episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi. My name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.